Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. He said, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. Aren't you glad there are people that are watching over your soul? He says this, he said, watch out for dogs. Those who do evil, those who mutilate, and who say you must be circumcised in order to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. How many know that the flesh will lead you the wrong way every time? And, and, and this right here is where Paul is starting. You know, Paul was a very accomplished person. Even before he encountered Jesus, he was a very accomplished person. And he, he goes on, and, and one, if you picked up right here, you would think that Paul was bragging on himself. But he says, we put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Paul is saying, if anybody, anybody has a right to brag, it's me. And he's saying, indeed, if, on, if my own effort I could, if, if indeed others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more a reason. Look, 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 look at his resume. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Judah. He, he is given his, 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 uh, his lineage. He is given all his credentials why he could brag, but he's not. He said, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to Jewish law. Then he goes on to say, he said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Paul was somebody that people aspired to be. Even in his waywardness, even in his, uh, his persecuting the church, he was a Pharisee among Pharisees. He was the most educated. He was the most authoritative. He is the one when a matter came up that, that the rabbis and, 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 and the theologians of the time, if something came up, they turned and looked to Paul because he was so well-versed in what he did. Have you ever seen people like that? That when they sin for the devil, they sin all the way. They're the loudest one that come into the party. <laughs> they don't want to give the drinks and everything for free. You ever seen people that just, they serve the devil hard. And he says this. 
He said, out of all those things, he said, I once thought that these things were valuable. But now, somebody say, but now. I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Eight says, yes, everything is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness though through obeying the law he said I know he said, I, I no longer put stock in obeying the law anymore rather I have become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith did y'all hear that for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith he says this in 10 I want to know Jesus and experience his mighty power that raised him from the dead listen to this I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead can somebody put your hands together for Paul? In the, <laughs> in the King James Version, he says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his, of his suffering. Somebody say, I need to know him. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about knowing Jesus. Well, you may say, well, Pastor Tony, I know him. We know of him. If Paul, I want y'all to listen to me very closely. If Paul, with his extensive resume, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he wrote the roadmap and the plan for the modern day church. And if he can say, all that I accomplished, I count it as garbage. He said, you know what I really want? I want to know him. See, people thought that Paul might have been bragging on himself. But what he was doing, he was giving a testimony of this is how much of a treacherous person I was. But you have to understand, he was giving, he was giving the framework of how when he met Jesus, he was not one of the original apostles that walked with Jesus yet and still he did more than just about all of them put together. You know what that tells us? That you did not have to physically walk with Jesus to be impacted by him. You see, Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. 
He was a persecutor of the church. And then one day he was riding, he, he, had, he had what they call like orders to pull the Christians out of the synagogue. You see, at this point, Christianity was growing and the fame of Jesus was growing louder and louder. And this small sect of people that, 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 that the church was born on, on the first day of Pentecost, the first day of church, they begin to spread and they begin to spread. And when Jesus comes on the scene, it upsets the balance of the day. And these Christians, these followers of Jesus Christ were upset in the balance. So Paul was a staunch person of the law. And he persecuted the church. But one day he was on his, on his way to Damascus to go persecute some more people. And the word of God said that a shining light came and it threw him off of his horse. And only Paul could hear only Paul could see and hear, but the people with him, they didn't see anything, but they heard a voice. He said, Paul, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who, who, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that you're persecuting. And in one moment, in one encounter with Jesus, in one encounter with Jesus, the man who was the lead person charging against the church became the standard bearer for the kingdom of God. And you say, I'm waiting to get things together before I come to Jesus. You say, I've done too much wrong. You say, God can't use a person like me. Everybody knows about my reputation. Everybody knows what I've been doing in the street. And everybody knows that I've had children out of wedlock. And everybody knows that, I, that I've struggled with my sexuality. And everybody knows, everybody knows. But God said, I don't care about any of that. As a matter of fact, the deeper that the devil has used you like Paul, the greater the degree that I can use you in the kingdom of God. Paul had an encounter. And it changed his life forever. It changed his life forever. So Paul is saying, he's saying, out of all, out of all I've done, when I encountered this man named Jesus, it changed everything for me. But look, y'all, and you would have thought all the things that he'd done, all the letters he was writing, all the, all the travel he did, all the churches he was setting up, all the, the people were waiting. They were sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for Paul to say something. And he said, look, y'all are aspiring to be like me. Everything I accomplished is nothing. I count it as dung. I count it as waste out of an animal's body. I count it as a heap of trash because what I really want to know is I want to know him. Even though I've encountered him. I still don't know him. How many of us stop at the encounter where the Spirit of God pricked our hearts? Where the Spirit of God pricked our hearts in, to such a degree that we hear and say, God, what must I do to be saved? And we came and we and, and, and tears and real authentic tears were flowing out of our eyes and we, and we were so sorrowful and we gave Jesus our heart and we accepted the completed word of Jesus Christ, but we stopped at the encounter and we have never gone on to know him. Paul is saying, I don't care what I've, I've accomplished. The quest of my life 
is to know him. And so today's message is called the unknown. The unknown Jesus. The unknown nature of the king. God desires, God, I thank you, for us to know him. There are many in this room who have had an encounter with Jesus. You've made him Savior, but you have not made him Lord. See, they are not synonymous with each other. There is a distinct difference. His Savior, meaning you accepted his completed work and that you, you are on your way to heaven. I am, I am not going to condemn you and say you're not on your way to heaven, but it is another thing to submit to his Lordship. Paul said that I may know him. Out of all that I accomplished. In this, in this next level of where God wants to use his people, it's going to require that we know him. Me and my wife had a conversation this week and I was living. You know, sometimes you just get on soapboxes. I went on for about 20 minutes. I wasn't fussing at her. I'm just fussing at, the, at, at, at this society. Because here's the thing. The devil has, has tricked this society. And I didn't even talk about young people. I'm talking about old people and everybody in between. There, there, there is this antichrist message that is pervasive in this society that says, as long as I got Jesus in my portfolio. You know, I love God. I love him. You know, when, when Beyonce can get up and thank God and, and John Mayer can get up and thank God and, 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 and all these people and all these people at the Academy Awards that don't, that don't live anything, that do things that are putrid, that do things that are vile, that do things that are anti-Christ. And we think, we, we let people that we don't know who we idolize, who putting on fake hair and putting on fake eyelashes and going in the studio and have somebody digitize their voice, making us think, making us think that everything is real. We are following. They are becoming our preachers and our teachers of our generation. And so people have ascribed to the value that, you know, it's okay if I do a little bit of this. I don't have to go to church. You know, the church is in my heart. But they, but, but they got all these plans. They got vision boards. They got all these things. I got plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're going to, you know, you know what the word of God says? He says, those that know me are the ones that are going to do exploits. And so I'm calling, I, my wife can tell you, I was living. I don't know how we even got on it. I said, but pe people want to, you know, you know it, it's, it's, like, it's like a woman and a man, and if it steps on your toes today, just say ouch. It's like a woman and a man who are living together before marriage. You want all the benefits, but you don't want the responsibility. You see, when me and my, my, me and my wife, we've been married 16 years. When I get mad with her, I might go out the room, but I ain't leaving nowhere. Because I took a vow. In this world, they want the benefits of being under the Lordship of God, but they don't want to go to know him. Because when you know somebody, it rubs off on you. 
Me and my wife have known each other over 20 years. I met her in 1995, my fall semester, when I was in college. 21 years now. I can start a sentence and she finishes it. I can be smiling, she know when I'm steaming inside. Because she knows me. That didn't come out, that didn't come out the gate. That come from spending time together. That came, that came from going through struggle together. That come from she standing beside me when I buried my mother. That come from me standing beside her when I when we buried her father earlier this year. You got to go through something to know somebody. You don't know me when you when when when, when I'm holding my hands up uh, in victory, when I'm holding a trophy up. You know me when I'm going through hard times. When I'm not acting like a Christian and you still don't hold it against me. When I have a moment where I'm just being human. God, and Paul said, he said, I just don't want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And in order to go, th- in order to know him in the power of his resurrection, I've got to go through some suffering with him. That's the operative word. People don't want to suffer. But in this next level, if you're going to do exploits, if you're going to do what God called you to do, and, and see, here's the thing. We got all these visions, and God may have given it to us, and God may have spoken it in our lives, but you are not going to get it from a place of comfort. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to suffer. You may get pain. All of the apostles, but just a couple of them got murdered, got executed for following this man named Jesus. Oh, it sounds good in theory. It looks good on paper. But when the rubber meets the road, do you really want to know him? God is saying the reason that this world is the way that it is is that they don't know about me. Oh, they heard about me. But they don't know about him. Because if anybody ever tasted and seen of his true goodness, there is no way that there would be any other option. Here's the thing. I want you to write this down. I'm remembering God is bringing back to me supernaturally. God has an obsession with being known. He's a, he has an obsession with being known. You know why? You know what the scripture he said? He said, if I be lifted. That means he said, if I may, if, see, here's the thing. He said, if I be lifted, I'll do the drawing. All I need you to do is expose them to me. And that's all we need to do. But see, what the devil does, everybody, what he does is he keeps us perplexed with life's issues. He has every, people acting up on a job. He has our children acting up. He has the dog barking at 3 o'clock in the morning. He does everything. He makes our, our, our brakes start squealing. He'll get into everything to get us off focus that our purpose in life is to know him. He told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11, he said, he, said, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. And then in the chapter early, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Could it be possible that God knows us, but we don't know him? And it is possible. It is possible, people of God. To live with somebody and never know them. 
They call it, in marriages, they call it empty nest syndrome. That they spend 20 and 25 years together. They raising children and they run on a soccer practice and they, and, and they run the kids to dance recital and they do all these things, do all these things. And when the children grow up, they're sitting across from a stranger. Because out of all that building of life around external things, they never continue to know each other. It is possible, people of God, for us to have Jesus inside of us, for us to call him and say, God, I want you to, uh, I, I give you my life. I want your Holy Spirit to reside inside of me. It is possible to go a lifetime Living with Jesus, but never knowing him. It's possible. Because Paul said, out of all I've, all I've accomplished, out of all I've done for the kingdom of God, I still have a need to go on to know him. So the length of time that you've been quote unquote saved, is not indicative that you know him. I'm so glad it's quiet in here because you're thinking. In the only true way that we're going to do exploits, that we're going to impact the world, is that we know him. How do we know him? Glad you asked. We're going to know him through the fellowship of his suffering. I know that's a curse word in today's society because people don't want pain. People don't want anguish. People don't want to go through anything. The other thing is we're going to know him more by knowing his word. What God said in Genesis and it says in John. And in the beginning, it was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was what? With God. Y'all know your Bibles. And so, how do I get to know God? I get to know God by knowing what He is. He is word. I'm not talking about any words. He is the word. He is rhema. He is the word that comes and is active. And that's the problem. This is... This society today is one of the most word illiterate generations of all time. In the information age. Can you imagine it? We are in the information age where I can go on this computer right now and I can look up anything and get 15,000 hits on any information. We have more information at our fingertips than any time in human history, yet still we are the most ignorant of him. What do you mean? I love God. I know he's been good to me. No, you don't know. If you don't know his word, you don't know him. 
ain't talking about who you heard about. I know a lot of people I've heard about. Yeah, I heard of him. I met him a time or two. No, but do you know him? Nobody knows me like my wife. She's seen me in my frailty. She's seen me when, when I'm happy. She's seen me when I'm frustrated. She's held me when I've cried. I've done the same for her. She knows me. She knows me. And God is saying, will you go on past the encounter? See, Paul could have stopped at the encounter, y'all. He was on his way to heaven just as, like, just as anybody else. But he didn't stop at the encounter. He set up churches. He did the will of the kingdom of God. And even after all that he said, he still said, I still need to know him. Now, I don't know anybody, has anybody accomplished as much as Paul has in this room? Please raise your hand because I'm going to sit down and let you teach. But if Paul is saying that, y'all, he said there are higher heights and deeper depths in Christ Jesus. And God wants us to know him. He knows us. But do you know him? The biblical, the biblical version of somebody, somebody know, they used to say in the Bible, and, and when he went into the chamber with his wife, he knew her. Meant that they had relations together. Meaning that, that that man knew that woman in the most intimate of fashions. That there was an exchange that took place, both spiritually and naturally. So my question to you is, do you know the surface things of God? Do you know him as to, to be a healer? Do you know him to be a provider? Do you know him to, to, to be the things that straighten things out, that heals the headache and all that stuff? And I'm not saying he, 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 he is, he, he's God and he's worthy of the praise for that. But he said, the true way to know me is like the Bible says, to get intimate with me. To spend solitary time with me. To turn Facebook and Snapchat and Housewives or whatever city off. And just get to know me. God, I thank you. I got one more scripture that I want to share with you. And it's this. Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Exodus, 33rd chapter, the 15th verse. And it says this. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry, not, carry us not up hence. This is Moses talking. This is Moses talking to God. God just, was just having a conversation with Moses. And he was telling him, look, I'm going to send the angels ahead. Of, I'm going to send the angels ahead of you, with you, because I can't go with y'all, because y'all are too, y'all, y'all, 
you know, the children of Israel are so stiff-necked. I'm going to end up killing them, so I'm not going to go with them. And, and, and Moses said, God, if you don't go with us, what's going to be the true difference between us and everybody else? The only thing that makes us different, the only thing that makes us special, God, is that you're with us. That's the only other thing that makes us different from any other nation. That's the only thing that makes you different, that God is with you. And then he said right here, he said, he said in 16, he said, For wherein shall it be known here that thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated in thy people and from thy people and they are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, he said, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken of. For thou hast found grace in my sight. And I know thee by name. God, I thank you. Does he know you by name? That ain't even my, my point. But God, he had such a relationship with God. Moses was nobody special, y'all. He had such a relationship with God that he could, he could convince God to change his mind. He said, God, don't kill him. He said, God, come on, man. He said, okay, Moses, for your account, I'm going to say, I'm going to spare them because I consider you a friend. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I bespeak, I bes-, and then, and then, as, as if that wasn't enough. Moses got greedy. He said, God, I've seen you part Red Seas. I've, I've laid a staff down and turned to a snake, and I picked it back up. When I reached that staff out, Egypt was filled with locusts. It would, frogs came out of the water. The water turned to blood. All kinds of things. I've seen you do all these things. But then he says right here. Then he said, I don't mean to bother you. I don't want to press my luck, God. But he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. It wasn't enough. All the things that God had did. I want to. I want you to turn with me. The Psalm. I think it's Psalm 103. And this is my last point. I hope this is blessing you all. Psalm 103. And then we'll go back there. Verse 6, it says, the Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Look at this, y'all. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. And this is the, this is the thing that I want to leave you with as the musicians begin to play. You have to make up your mind. Whether you want to know, think you know God just by what he can do for you. Or do you want to know his ways? See, there was a distinct difference 
while the children of Israel were his chosen people, the majority of them only knew him by what he did for them. But it says in 103, in Psalm 103, he says, but Moses knew him by his ways. God's children but only Moses was called his friend I don't know about you but if I've got the, 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 the chance and the choice to be one of his general children or his friend My choice is to know his ways. You know why, sister, know him? Because when I know his ways, I can recognize his actions. So many people use God like a spare tire. I don't think about you. until I'm in trouble. You know how you treat your spare tire. Sometimes we let it dry rot. You're supposed to change it out every couple years, even if you don't use it or not. Some people have put the donut on. Yeah, you supposed to go over 35 miles an hour. People be going 70. That's how we treat God. And I don't mean no harm. But the person that I know dearest in my world, my wife, Anybody that I know like that, I don't treat like that. He said he showed his ways to Moses. But he showed his actions to the people of God. Now, all of them were God's people. But there was a different level of access See, a lot of y'all know me. Some of y'all know me since I've been five. Some of you just met me. Or some of you saw me online and, and think you know the persona of me. But nobody knows me like my wife. You know why? Because she knows my ways. She knows my proclivities. She knows what I'm apt to do. She, can predict, she, is, the, she is the best predictor of what I'm about to do because she knows my ways. She's seen me through all the evolutions of life. When I was just a young man, 18, she knew me as a newlywed husband. She saw me as a father of one. She saw me as a father of two. She saw me as a father of three. She saw me as a, as a, as a, as a young man who, who, who was living on this earth without a mother. She knows me through all my evolutions of my adulthood. She knows me. Can I tell you something? God knows you. He knows everything about you. And he said, what I'm offering you today is an opportunity to know everything about me. Everybody's standing. My 
apologies if everything seemed a little raw today again. Technology, but I think the gist of what I wanted to convey is that there is a deeper level of existence that God wants us to tap into. And as much as you have accomplished, as much as God has used you in the past, it is nothing that compares to what he wants to do in your life. It is nothing. It, what he's done prior has, has, can't even compare to what he wants to do next. But the price of admission is you have to know it. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to lead us in prayer. I'm going to lead us in a period of prayer that we're going to create a new hunger to know him. Forget everything that we've known. And be introduced to the Father for the first time all over again. I'm not saying that you're not saved. But just like that new car when you get, after a while, you just get used to it. You used to vacuum it with any little chrome get on, on the carpet. You used to keep a whole family-sized thing of armor all to keep the tires shining. But at some point, it just became a car. At some point, that new house just became a place that you went and you laid your keys down, you took a shower to get ready to go to work the next day. And at some point, our relationship with God became like every other relationship we got. That I'm glad I got you on my team. I'm glad that I have you on my bus. I'm glad that I got you in my corner if I ever need you. can tell who you know I mean you know I mean no if you gave me your phone right now you let me see your call listing everybody's call listing probably has got about five or six people that you see repeated over and over but in your phone book in your listing of people in your phone you probably got hundreds of people but only a small percentage do you call back and forth? You see the calls, the missed calls, the call back, the text? Because there's only few people that you know. That you spend time. That you're intimate with and talking with. And God is saying, I want priority in your life. I'm not saying you have to be a monk. I'm not saying you got to lock yourself in the, up in the cave. That's being weird. God didn't call us to be weird. But God is saying that as much as you have seen me do, it compares nothing to the next level that I have for you. God wants to know us in a more intimate way. And you know what? 
If you don't want to know him any further, that's fine. But can I tell you this? It'll save you a lot of disappointment. Don't expect anything else. Don't expect anything great in life. Don't expect to be an overcomer. Expect just to be, just live a baseline life. Some people are okay with that, and that's fine. We're not here to condemn you. But for those that are hungry, for those that have a sense in their heart that there is more, that God, you kept me here. You spared my life. Other people that have gone through what I've gone through are dead and gone, but God, you kept me here. So there is a reason for my existence and that you're not through with me yet. These are the people that I'm talking to this morning. I'm not condemning anybody. Some people, that's fine. They just want to know God at a surface level. And guess what? If you close your eyes, you will go to heaven. That's fine. But I want to leave this life empty. Is there anybody with me that you want to leave this life empty? What do you mean by that, Pastor Tony? Not that your bank account is empty. Not that you're you're lonely without friends. I want God to squeeze every ounce of purpose. The reason for me coming here, I want to fulfill it to such a degree that people are talking about what God did through me, not me. That people are talking, that my children's children's children are talking about my granddaddy was such an awesome man of God that I'm standing in what he prepared for me. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave. And the only way you know, the only way you're going to do that is if you go on. The old saints say to go on to know the Lord. This ain't nothing new, y'all. This ain't a new concept. But so many of us have just been using God like the junk drawer in our kitchen. This is my last analogy, I promise. But everybody got a junk drawer in the kitchen, don't you? That's where the batteries is half dead, go. That's all kind of stuff. I mean, change and old key chains and Refrigerator madness you're not using anymore. And... Y'all, we're talking about the one who is responsible for our heartbeat. The one who is plotting your course. The one who is ordering your next step. And he says, I have all the secrets. So I know the plans I have for you. And if he knows the plans, y'all, Why in the world are we not spending time with the one who has the plans? Y'all, it it, it makes so much sense, we'll miss it. But if we're going to do what God has called us to do, if we're going to leave this world empty, tell somebody, I want to leave this world empty. You know, Jesus left this world empty. He hung the head and the locks of his shoulder. All the blood had dried, had come out of his body. And if that wasn't good enough, the soldier pierced his side and water came out. He left this world empty. And it's our job to leave this world empty. And the only way we're going to do it, if we go on to know him. I'm not saying you're not saved. 
I'm not saying you're not sanctified. I'm not saying that you are not Holy Ghost filled. I'm not saying that God has used you from time to time. But there is a deeper level that God is calling us to. He says those that know their God shall do exploits. Exploits are extraordinary things. There are things that are of note. There are things of impact. How many people want to have impact on this world? The only true way you're going to do it. The prerequisite is those that know their God are going to do extraordinary things. So can you hold hands with your neighbor? You're all I want. seen it in the atmosphere. You're all I ever needed, Sam. thank you for reminding us today that as much as we think we know you there's more Lord we thank you that you're still calling us the fact that you're still calling us is indication that there's still value in us By world standards, we may be a castaway. By world standards, we may be used up. A person who is not fit for anyone to use. But God, we can hear you calling us. Lord, you're calling us to know you more. Sometimes it will be in the fellowship of suffering. Sometimes it will be in the closet of prayer. Sometimes, Lord, you may call some of us to go through hardship and for enemies to turn their backs on us and for us to go through a fiery furnace, God. But we declare and we decree and we sign a blank check today, God, and we ask you, Lord, to give us permission to access a deeper part of you. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to know you more. 
to the degree that we know you, Lord. We count it, all that we've accomplished, God, we count it as trash. We count it as garbage, God, because we want to know you more. It doesn't matter. All the accolades and all the degrees on the wall, they mean nothing, God, if we don't know you more, God. So we need to know you. We need to know you. We need to be intimately aware of who and what you are and why you created us and why you put us on this planet. God, we could have been created a frog. We could have been created a plant. We could have been created a little amoeba or a parasite. But God, you created us in your image for a purpose, God. There were millions of sperm trying to get to that egg, God, and you let us make it, God. So it's a reason for us being here. God, you knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs, God. Lord, give us an insatiable desire to know you more and more. Don't let us be satisfied until we know a deeper revelation of you. If some of us know you as a healer, Lord, let us go on to know you as a deliverer. Lord, as us that know you as a deliverer, God, let us go on to know you as, as, as a sustainer. Lord, let us go and find the deep things of you, God. Lord, don't let us be complacent. Lord, I pray against complacency right now. We're not even going to put that on the enemy. We got complacent, God. Just like that shiny new car, God, we got used to you. We got used to you, God. We we, we, We figured... We thought we had you figured out that when I get in trouble, oh, he's going to come for me. There's no need to seek him. There's no need to run after him. There's no need to read his word. Oh, I know the word frontward and backwards. But God, you're calling us to look at what we looked before because God, you're going to show us something new. You're going to show us something different. You're going to show us a new revelation of who you are, God. Just like Paul said, we count it all as done right now, God. Just so we can know you, God. We want to know you. We want to know you, God. If it takes turning our plates down and turning the TV off and turning the internet off and getting off Facebook and getting off Snapchat or whatever we have to do, God. If it, whatever it takes to know you, God. Lord, we'll shut the world out, Lord, in order to know you. Lord, we don't want to be surface level anymore, God. We want to know you. We want to know you, God. God, we want to know you. life means nothing if we don't know you. We're wasting days and we're wasting months and we're wasting years if we don't know you. If there's no, if there's no desire to know you anymore, God, just you, you might as well just take us now and let us go and get our reward, God. But I want to know you on this side. Lord, you said and Jesus said in John 10 and 10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, God. We want to know you, God. If it takes the fellowship of your suffering, God will do it, God.
God. If it takes being talked about, God, we'll do it, God. We want to know you in the euphoria of victory, God. And we want to know you that you can keep us in agony and pain and travail, God. We want to know you in every facet that you are. I just want to know you, God. want to know you whatever it takes to know you we'll declare the decree of the mature prayer God whatever it takes to know you can somebody say it's an atmosphere don't say it unless you mean it say God whatever it takes to know you Come on, tell them again, God, whatever it takes. I don't care how long I've been on this planet. Whatever it takes to know you. Whoever you have to remove so that I know you. Whatever you have to, whoever you have to send to my life so that I can know you. God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Life has no meaning if I don't know you. We want to know you. We want to know you. And so God, we'll chase after you. (laughs) We'll find out where you are. (laughs) God, we will find out where you are and we will chase after you until we find you. God, when you move to another location, you're not going to get rid of us. God, I'm going to chase you. Just like the children of Israel, you you, you led them by, by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God, wherever you go, if you go to the ends of the earth, God, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I want to be where you are, God. That all that's all that matters where you are. I thank you, Lord, for infusing in us a hunger that cannot be satisfied. Let us have a feeling in our spirits, just like when when our stomachs get hungry because we have neglected to feed our flesh. send a signal in our hearts God I haven't spent time with you yet I can't wait I know I'm on this job and I can't get fired from the job but God I can't wait till break time so I can just get in the car and get in your presence even if it's just for 15 minutes God to be in your presence so I can know you thank you Lord for restoring the joy of our salvation Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. 
On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.